Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cosmic Matrix podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Laura Matsu, and I'm here with my husband, Bernhard Gunther. And this topic uh, we're going to be speaking about today is definitely um, can be a very triggering topic. The title of this podcast is These People Are Sick, and we're going to be discussing the epidemic of child trafficking and abuse. So just before we get into it, I just want to mention that we just did a soft launch to the application process for our next course, which is going to be a private course of 25 people. And it's called the Embodied Soul Awakening. And in this course, we're really going to be diving into the fundamentals of self-work. So we're going to go through the physical, somatic, emotional, psychological, and the esoteric. So one of the things that Bernhard and I bring differently that do to a lot of coaches is we bring in a lot of the esoteric topics. Like we talk about the matrix, we talk about the occult, we talk about, um, even in this course, we're going to be getting into aliens, but we also talk about the practical three-dimensional tools that we need in order to awaken to basically reach this next stage in the evolution of consciousness. So we're going to be doing a two-month course, a two-month journey, guiding people through a process of tools that we've used, that have worked ourselves, and really just building community because what they're trying to do right now is isolate us and we really need each other more than ever. So if you feel called to apply, if you've been listening to our podcast and they've been really helping you, we'd love to have you there. You can go to the URL awakenapply.com. That's awakenapply.com and fill out an application. Tell us a little bit bit about yourself and we'll get back to you soon. All right. So another intro I'm also going to do to this course is um, since we are going to be diving into the topic of sexual abuse, especially child sexual sexual abuse and some pretty triggering topics. If you've had unhealed sexual abuse, meaning you have you're aware of it, but you haven't processed it, especially if you're still a very high anxiety or disassociated person, I would recommend this you don't listen to this podcast. I mean, it's totally your own free will to listen to it, you know? And if you do decide to listen to it and you have had a history, even if you've healed some of that and you're feeling pretty solid in it, Um, what I'm going to suggest as well is, uh, if you feel yourself getting strong emotions like fear or anger or sadness, or even getting disassociated, getting very out of body, you're not able to pay attention to the podcast anymore. I'm going to recommend you actually turn off the podcast and access a resource state. So this is a state where you feel calm, safe, and protected. Um, and your nervous system starts to regulate. So it starts to, you start to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So for, for me, what actually works is putting my hand, one hand on my heart and one hand in my belly, and then thinking of a person that I feel safe with. Um, so you could even practice that now for a few moments and just kind of get used to what that feeling is like, just so that you're in control of your experience here and you're not feeling at the mercy of just listening to this podcast and getting re-traumatized or re-triggered. So just if you do feel yourself getting a little bit activated, I'm just going to recommend that you find a resource state before you get into this podcast and then ask, turn off the podcast and access the resource state if that turns out to be the case. And if you do have major abuse or trauma, I would recommend that you proceed with caution because we're going to be talking very openly about things. And I've significant, I mean, I've been working on processing this on a multidimensional level for like almost a decade now, basically, you know, so I've gone through a lot and to get to this place of processing it. And also 
I feel very safe where I am now, which makes me capable of being able to talk about and talk about these topics and go there. So I guess wanted to preface that because I really want um, anyone who's had, which is a lot of women who've had a lot of experiences of childhood sexual abuse or even just sexual abuse or being sexually assaulted um, to just proceed with caution because we do live in pretty intense times and I just want to make sure everyone is taken care of. Okay, so... Yeah, let's get yeah. let's get into it. So there's an epi- so the real epidemic we're dealing with is actually the epidemic of sex trafficking, which is coming out now. So um, a few people have come out talking about this. John Paul Rice, who um, wrote this, he was he wrote this movie called A Child's Voice. Was it called? Yeah, yeah, I believe it. And he's come out about it. Um, you've talked about it last a lot on your previous podcast with David Whitehead. So let's talk about that first and introduce why we're talking about this topic. Yeah, one of the big reasons we also want to address it because it has become more, you know, I wouldn't want to say mainstream, even popular, but, you know, more and more people are speaking out about it. And there has been, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, this hashtag going around on Facebook, save the children. So mm-hmm. Everybody was posting about it, child trafficking, child abuse, sexual ritualistic abuse, and all of that. <clears throat> Obviously, it ties into Epstein and Maxwell, that, those revelations and all that. And it goes deeper also into, yeah, satanic ritualistic abuse, uh, you know, and torture and, and, and child sacrifice, actually very, very disturbing topic. So I'm glad you made the disclaimer because it's really important, you know, because it's it's easy to say, oh, just make the darkness conscious, bring talk about these topics. But, you know, sexual abuse is the number one abuse in the world and everybody uh, to some level or degree has experienced it, especially women, um, you know, because a lot of that has become normalized or you know, put under the rug, so to speak. And it was interesting because on a side note that all this hashtag save the children or save our children because people equated save the children with the Gates Foundation and it was a sire, blah, blah, blah. But the point is on the positive note, you know, that hashtag uh, was millions of people posted about this topic and brought a lot of awareness into child trafficking. And there have been even protests, I remember, even in Hollywood, the belly of the beast about this topic. Mm-hmm. And finally, some people started speaking out about what truly matters. And uh, besides the whole COVID, SIO, BLM, and Antifa uh, craziness that's happening on uh, you know uh, agendas of the far left, but on the underbelly, it's interesting how the mainstream media still completely ignores this, what I was, would also call a topic of all topics. And there's a lot of valid research and um, facts out there that there is indeed, um, you know, a, the cabal or the elite has elite pedophile rings, sexual sex trafficking, child trafficking, and it's global, right? So that uh, interview you uh, referred to by John Paul Rice, I highly recommend he was a guest on David Whitehead's show as well. So I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, the episode is called Out of Shadows, The Hollywood Cult and The Solution. John Paul Rice is a, is a producer and independent filmmaker. And he also recently released a, a monologue video on, I think it was on, he did it on, on Instagram and Facebook. And he really talks out of his own experience and he brings it all together, also incorporating the inner work. But People have no understanding how dark this topic actually is because we think about, you know, child abuse or sex abuse in Hollywood. We think about Harvey Weinstein and, you know, actresses being molested or 
or uh, you know like adults basically adults, adults yeah. basically exactly but you know if you do actually research this is just the tip of the tip of the icebergs and it looks more like that even Harvey Weinstein has been um, used as a distraction like you know let's give this guy to the wolf so we distract from what's mm. really going on especially us in Hollywood celebrities the music industry and it goes right into the political and it's it's not just the US it is global and um and the numbers are staggering. And again, I highly recommend looking to John Paul's Rice interview and he's done tremendous research and spoken out about it. And he mentioned that about 5.5 uh, million children are trafficked a year, sex trafficking, and the average age is seven. Mm. So that it's, we're not talking about, because people talk about pedophilia a lot, like preteens, and that's already disturbing, obviously. And, and uh, you know, to be sexually violent as a teenager, but when you dig, dig deeper into it, it actually involves preteens. Yeah, it gets extremely dark, you know, and I think what we're just basically trying to point at is that the rabbit hole goes deep. But I just also want to acknowledge that, like, it doesn't matter what age you've been abused at. Even if you were abused in your adult life by your husband or whatever, it's all equally traumatic, you know, in the sense that, like, it causes it causes your soul to fracture. It causes you to get out of body. And I also just want to just tag on that, you know, if you're still listening and you have and you have experiences of abuse, hearing people talk about it can also be extremely healing. The only reason I'm giving this warning is because I know how I am. And even with this, you know, John Paul Rice interview, like there's this, there's this energetic signature to these people um, who abuse children and especially preteens and people who are just predatory in general, you know, but there's a specific one in Hollywood and these upper echelons of power. I mean, some people call it like satanic, some people call it like reptilian, whatever you want to call it, you know, I, I have a very, I have, I have a lot of first person experience for that signature and it's that energetic signature, which actually is, is the carrier of the darkness and it actually ends up re-traumatizing people. So, you know, I just wanted to say that this conversation could be extremely healing for you to listen to, but it could also harm you. And only you are going to know that by being able to stay in your body while you listen. Yeah. And so these, so these are, oh, sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to add to this real yeah. quick because yeah, absolutely. I also want to say, you know, while this needs to be made conscious of, we are in, in a collective dark night of the soul. We have talked about this in past podcasts. A lot of stuff is coming out of the shadows, literally in the world, but within ourselves as well. So this is a natural process that needs this needs to yeah. come out and be acknowledged and looked at. However, I have completely compassion, empathy that some people don't look into. They don't blame them because it is very disturbing. I know I, I'm not taking myself out of the equation. You know, even though I have not abused, experienced severe sexual abuse, it's still like if you have some basic sensitivity, compassion, and some conscience, it is disturbing. I remember looking into all this child trafficking, sexual ritualistic abuse already in the late 90s, early 2000. And, uh, you know, which goes even deeper, but it's not being now being revealed uh, from Epstein and whatnot. Um, it was very disturbing. I had to like take a break, like, stop looking into it. It was just sad. I got angry and just sad and nobody would listen to it or acknowledge it. And, you know, I was, I was struggling with it. And now I just want to read a little quote from the book Revolution Q by Neon Revolt, which uh, it's a fascinating book and it goes deeper into this topic as well from the chapter, The Same Sick Cult. And, you know, that's why it's important. Again, this disclaimer, and he writes, 
he also ref refers to Fritz Springmeier's work, which I can highly recommend uh, about the Illuminati and these secret trauma societies. Trauma-based mind control was and his Trauma-based mind control, yeah. exactly. Um, so Neon Revolt writes, Likewise, Springmeier actively discouraged anyone from reading who themselves might have been a victim of such evil. He didn't want to inadvertently trigger any latent mind control alters to dissociative states in, or dissociative states in anyone. Um, if you sus suspect to be such an individual, please move on. Like, don't read this chapter, as he basically is saying. Um, I said in an earlier chapter, when I was first hit with the Pizzagate information, which we'll talk about later on a bit as well, my body would involuntarily shudder and I would involuntarily cry at times as I was following along with the uh, research threads. There was nothing I could do about it. I would go to move my mouse and my hand was shaking. I would read another post and it was just tears, which, um, <clears throat> which I couldn't stop. Now I consider myself a pretty tough guy. I've worked around blood and guts and I've seen pain and disease. Um, but I also consider that I've over these three years now digested and processed a lot. Um, so yeah. what I'm trying to just say with that, that I have similar, like it's like it creates, if you have some basic conscious empathy, you'll be affected by it. And it's not just easy to be that objective about it. Yeah. And we're not going to go into like graphic details, yeah. although I might, I'm, I plan on sharing some of my own experiences in this, you know, um, but just be warned. Like I have to, I, I mean, I, for, for myself, I can just tell you, like I'm, I don't watch certain movies. I don't listen to watch certain music videos. Actually, mm. I like just through my own trauma, because um, I'm sure some people are aware of this, but for people who don't, you know, I spent the majority of my, I mean, even from preteens, basically until my mid 20s, like having a whole bunch of uh, experiences of being sexually abused, sexually used. Um, in with pe people who are fairly famous in the music industry. So what happens to me now um, is sometimes, and I know this is also how these occult forces try and tag into me. Um, there's a few people, uh, there's a few songs that are very famous by people who abuse, abused me. And when they turn on the radio and when I hear them, it actually used to activate an altar in me. It doesn't do it so much anymore, but it is enough to get me in a traumatized state. So that's kind of how it works is we have these little kind of keys that um, will set something off in us. So whether it's a, a visual or whether it's a song, you know, it usually works through the senses. So for me, it's like a, a, a song, you know, and it's enough to get me, it's almost like my mind starts time traveling and I'm a, I'm a person that I used to be. And it, it used to be really out of hand. Like if I heard a song go on the radio, like something else would take over me, like some other force would come into my body that was not my true self. And then I would act out almost like the sex kid and programming or something. So that's kind of how it works on like a more subtle level. Mm -hmm. And so like, and so this is also the thing. Um, this is why it's very, you know, uh, important to be very mindful of your body and what goes on with you when you listen to these topics. And you have to just you know, as an act of compassion for yourself and what you've been through, you have to have a certain set of boundaries around it. Like, you know, even though everyone's hashtagging save the children, doesn't mean that you have to go into that research and if it doesn't feel safe and good for you because what's going on and what I see happening on a spiritual level, like I've spent the last like few years actually working with women in my coaching who've dealt with sexual abuse. I would say like maybe 90% of the women I've coached with have dealt with some level of sexual abuse. It's really bad. And they say, I think they said like one in three women have been sexually abused or maybe like 
It's a large, it's, the official numbers are large, but this is like the official numbers and majority of women don't remember and they suppress the memory or they don't realize it was that bad. So they justify it or they make excuses for it, or it doesn't come out until later in their spiritual journey. And some people it comes up in ayahuasca ceremonies, you know, so we're uncovering a lot of sexual abuse that's happened over the years. And so what I'm seeing happening too is a lot of women are actually being called to heal this aspect of their self because they're reaching their 20s and 30s like I do, especially after your Saturn return hits, you know, and you start really dealing with the impact of that. Um, and so there's an inner inner process, an inner healing that's been going on collectively, which is also why this has been bumped up to the next level. Like I feel that the collective consciousness, even though Me Too has been used as a diversion, there is truth there. The collective consciousness was only ready to look at it from the Me Too version a few years ago. And now they're ready to look at it from a deeper layer, you know, which is also confronting. Even the Me Too thing was like, you know, even though it did get hijacked, you know, it, there was a lot of truth in it. Like it was, it, that was, that was the craziest part for me is to live in a world where these things happened. And not only they happened, they were the norm and people ignored it. And I was just just being used and along for the ride, you know? So that was the, the biggest thing. So it's really important that we develop the strength or the people who can, can develop the strength to get into these conversations about it because it really feeds off of silence. And it also feels, uh, feeds off of unhealed trauma, which is, again, something that we're all being called to do. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And what you just said reminds me, it's a very important point in terms of, in the bigger picture, the evolution of consciousness and making the darkness conscious, and there are several stages. And even the collective needs to be on a certain level of being collectively to acknowledge this information to make the darkness conscious. And, you know, like I think, like you said, the Me Too movement was a stage, even though it became manipulated, distorted, and a distraction, but it helped to bring so awareness of sexual abuse. And now it's the next level because. Yeah, you know, as we just saw with Save the Children, there's a lot of more information coming out, which of course the mainstream just labels right away as conspiracy, nonsense, blah, blah, blah. But everybody, anybody who makes this claim has never done sincere research into all of that. And it's actually concerning that if there's, if there's, um, you know, people talking about an epidemic of sex, tra sex trafficking, that they're just dismissing it right yeah. away. That's yeah. what's disturbing. Yeah. But then, exactly. Zero curiosity, zero being like, oh, let's maybe look into that's, this. Yeah, you let's know? Use, apply journalism and let's investigate that. Yeah. But that shows you again, it should come no surprise that the mainstream media, the mockingbird, mockingbird media, especially New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, and all these outlets are a complete tool you know, for the deep state, cabal, whatever, just to distract, to denounce, to deflect and ridicule truth, basically, right? Because they are involved in it themselves. Even Anderson Cooper, interestingly, on the side note, has come out speaking out against QAnon and whatnot. And he researched his family connection, his mother, what happened to his brother and all of that. It's uh, quite disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That brings me to like, I mean... We look at these like pop stars that are losing their mind and we say, oh, they just got too famous, mm. the power got to their head, etc. No, 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 no. These have been seriously sexually abused, used mind control. And I know because I was actually down that road where I was getting more out of body. Like at a point, like this is what, this is very common when people have sexual abuse. It's like you get abused, you know, very young usually, 
or whenever it happens. And then you start to self-sacrifice yourself. You start to self-objectify yourself because you learn that the only way that you can get love and you decide that the only way that you can get value is through sex is through that kind of validation. And the, but it, but it, but it hollows out the soul. So then you have to start taking drugs in order to mask it up for the most part, you know, and then you end up in all sorts of tricky situations, but it's like, it triggers this alternate personality and it begins like this abuse begins also what Gabor Mate talks about far before the abuse actually happened. So, you know, Gabor Mate really points this out a lot in his work about healthy attachment figures and the importance of healthy attachment figures. Because if you have a mom or father who's really attuned, paying attention to you, really cares about you, loves you who, who for who you truly are, not who they want you to be, then they're going to if you if you came home and you got abused by someone, they would know, you know, not to say that they were psychic, but that's the level of connection that your parents need to have with your children. And we need to have with our children as well. I'm not a parent, but I'm talking, speaking to the parents, you know, so that's what protects us. So, you know, he really says that the, the disconnection happened before the abuse even happened. You know, the abuse is actually just basically a symptom of not having a healthy attachment figure in our lives, you know? So that's what we're dealing with is we're dealing with, this breakdown of the family. And this is why the predator always knows exactly who to go for. He knows who is not um, being neglected, by who is being neglected by their family, who is kind of, you know, they know who, who's vulnerable. They can sniff them out. It's easy to tell, you know, you can tell a child who has a healthy attachment figure versus a child who doesn't have a healthy attachment figure because they have certain ways of being in the world. Usually they're more, especially when they get to their preteens, they start um, exhibiting signs of trauma, like early alcoholism or drug addiction, all of these things. Even when you look into the stories of what's his name, um, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, he was looking for certain girls as well and young girls too, younger yeah, and Max, than and yeah, Maxwell. Younger, younger than what is being advertised as well. So we're hearing stories from Virginia Jufre. I don't know how to say her last name. I hope that I'm saying that right. She came out and she got abused when she was like 13, 14, 15 or something, you know, but it's even younger than that. So I just want to point that out. So, but, but, but what the collective is ready to look at now is 15 year olds basically. So that's why she's coming out. And that's why even the mainstream media is writing about her. Yeah. And, and it goes even darker and deeper from that because based on my research and what a lot of other people uncovered, what John Paul Rice talked about, David Whitehead, ties into the work of Ted Gunderson as well, sexual ritualistic abuse. We're talking about literally preteens. Ties also into the case, maybe some of you have heard, of Aneka Lucas, who was a sex slave to the European elite at the age of six. And she has come out recently over the past few years and talked all about that in disturbing detail. Again, it's, you know, be very mindful where you're at and what has happened to you if you listen to her work. I actually was in contact with her six or seven years ago. I posted about this documentary, it's a German documentary, and I, I, I have to find it again, it was on YouTube, about this um, uh, elite pedophile ring in Belgium, which she was part of. And I you know, posted about it on, on Facebook to bring awareness, to speak out about it. And it's a very fascinating case, which back then, uh, nobody knew about, talked about, and it was kind of put under the, you know, easily was thrown out of the courts because everybody's in it <laughs> mm -hmm. or the elite, right? That's why it's not being exposed because even the judges are in it. You know, that's what's happening on the side note now with the Obama gate and all of that. What they are truly trying to cover up is 
the the Clinton Foundation and their ties to the you know global sex trafficking, child trafficking, and all of that. Mm. Um, but you know, so she contacted me. She thanked me uh, for you know for spreading awareness, and we actually um, got in contact personally. We we talked on the phone a few times, and she told me some gruesome details, which I don't know if she has even talked yet, told about. And she also needs to be mindful who to name because a lot of people are getting quote unquote suicided, mm, right? But mm-hmm. more and more is coming out, and and people are speaking about it. So that's very important. But addressing what you just said and John Paul Rice made the same point it's very important to understand why we need to bring out the awareness of what's happening Mm. and again it's not even like what I alluded to before just quote unquote just right which also sexual abuse is horrible with teens as it is already I'm going to diminish this by any shape or form but when you go really deep into it, it's actually not even about sex or rape anymore. It is about child sacrificing, children a little being tortured, mm. being sacrificed, uh, blood rituals. And this is a thousand-year-old cult that's been going on for ages. And the elite and, and, and celebrities are involved in it behind the shadows, literally. And ultimately, it ties, and we'll get into that as well, into the hyperdimensional matrix because these are these forces, these occult hostile forces, which are... Uh, feeding through their human puppets, all these psychopaths, sociopaths, these predators. And that's the energy you talked about, what you felt, right? It's like something else is coming through them that feeds off of that, that luge, that, that torture, that uh, low sexual vibration of, of, of rape. Yeah, exactly. And this is kind of, um, I mean, the even bigger elephant in the living room is it actually tends to relate to past lives. Like Pluto and Scorpio generation relates to past lives. So what I found through my own experience and through my own spiritual journey is that um, I have a lot of Pluto placements. I'm not going to tell you what, but I have quite a few strong ones, you know? And so I... And this is getting way out there for people. So, but I, I, I understand that when you're listening to this podcast, you're <laughs> pretty open-minded. Um, so I basically, you know, just to give a recap, very early on in life, I experienced like sexual abuse basically. And it's been happening for a long time. It's a big, big soul lesson for me, you know? And when you look at my astrology chart, when I went to see a few healers and psychics, basically what happened on a soul level is, and you see this in my astrology chart as well, it's very dominant, um, is that there was past lifetimes in the occult dating even way back to Egypt when I was very young and I was sacrificed to one of these Egyptian gods in order to gain more power because I was like some poor person back then. But then through giving them permission, I gave them permission to like enter my body and almost have a certain energetic template in me. And this went on for lifetimes. You know, I, I'll give you the, if you know anything about astrology, this is like South Node and Scorpio stuff. So if you have like these kind of Scorpio placements, there's a part of your soul which really wanted to consciously experience the darkest of the dark, you know, in order to grow and learn and go through that kind of shamanic journey through the underworld. So that's kind of what happened to me. And then obviously when you get born into this lifetime, it goes unconscious, but the way that it plays out is in certain soul contracts and certain experiences that had to happen. So I basically, even all the sexual trauma and abuse I experienced that had to happen for me to learn this larger soul lesson. It was basically the ultimate evolutionary push to evolve 
for some people it breaks them. They go into drug addiction. I, I, I mean, I almost killed myself. That was my breaking point. You know, I had a lot of, I had some divine intervention. Um, for, so some people don't learn this lesson. So I really want to just say that, but for the people who do, then you become someone who can truly face evil within first, because there is a part of you that you need to face, you know, that is connected to this and without. So, and that's how we gain our true power. And I've written about this recently on Facebook is like the people who have really gone through this kind of archetypal journey and faced this evil within their own lives, found the kind of even soul contract and reason why it had to happen these are going to be the people who are going to be truly powerful to stand up against these people, basically. Because yeah. you can't meet this predator with niceness. You can't mm-hmm. spiritual bypass it. You really need to understand it on a deep level within and without. And that takes some serious like humility, awareness. It takes a lot of somatic work to heal. Because a lot of these traumas, especially sexually, is stored very deeply in your body, you know, especially in your genital areas. Like it gets, you get trauma stored in there. Like I had to do a lot of work, a lot of time also just not engaging in sex with people because what happens, what's happening collectively too, is we have this very disturbing template around sex where we equate sex with abuse, with violence. You have all these crazy fetishes, which are reaching the mainstream, you know, this is not healthy. This is all these occult forces, which is feeding off of the sexual energy. And that's really what it comes down to is like these occult forces carry over lifetimes and they literally feed off of the energy of children, of sex. Like that's, that's where they're, it's, it's, it's the chi, it's the life force, you know? So actually, who you find getting targeted are people who have a lot of creative and spiritual potential because they have the highest amount of chi. They have the highest amount of sexual energy. A lot of these people in the mainstream media who are very famous, the pop stars, actors, they have a lot of chi. They have a lot of sexual energy. That's why they're choosing them. Them as a vessel. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing. Um, wow. That also, again, goes back to what you just said also confirms what John Paul Rice has been through in, in his own healing and, and Aneka Lucas, who also have done a lot of work to heal themselves. And now they become powerful voices and forces to stand up and do their work. Yeah. Even Aneka Lucas, he's, she has an organization, yoga and prison, all that. So she's not, she understand, they understand the self-healing part. It's very important. Yeah. So, because it's easy to externalize and yes, there needs to be external action to expose, you know, the evil the elite and the pedophile and the child trafficking and all of that. But it's don't get yourself into the illusion that just by taking out all these people and arresting them, killing them, whatever, you know, everything exposed, it's done and over. No, you know, we have to understand the interrelationship between the inner and outer. And the big, one of the biggest illusions still we suffer under is that the external world is separate from our internal world. Mm. So the, the darkness that we are seeing outside that's revealing itself that is out there is on some, is on some level a reflection of our own inner darkness. Yeah. Unconscious on some level. So we need to do the inner work. And as you like just mentioned, you know, yeah, we want to expose sexual pedophilia, child trafficking and all of that, but put the mirror on yourself. You know, you see what's happening as you alluded to in this day and age with the sexualization of children, mm. right? Through media and like what you said, the programming, which affects everyone, even people who have not abused, been abused, whatnot, yeah. right? To varying degrees, symbolism, subconscious programming, when you listen to Miley Cruz, Madonna, what, whatnot, those divas, right? Or yeah. films, Disney, 
huge the, the yeah. symbolism in there. It's, it's very dark. Shadow yeah. is within Disney and, and all of that. Which is, brings in, because that's why it's important to, the main thing to protect your children from sexual abuse is actually having healthy attachments to them because then you're the person that they come to and you're the person that they trust. So when they, you're, you know, you can't control your children even when you go out in the world and you like, you know, they're, they're, they hit 13 basically. Then they're at the mercy of culture, whether you like it or not. I even know kids who are homeschooled who are infected by culture. You can't really stop it unless you, you, the more you try and shelter them, the more they're going to be interested in it too, by the way. So you have to be that healthy attachment figure who they come to, who they talk to, who they trust, who they share things about. And that's, what's going to protect them because once the culture is sick out there, you know, it's like exactly as Q said, I mean, these people, they're sick. The culture is sick. If you look at, there's this video that went viral that I showed you where it showed, you know, like what kids looked in the Mm nineties when they were 12 and 13 and what kids look now when they're 12 and 13 and the sexualization, the objectification is like terrifying. Like I wasn't, when I was 11, 12, I wasn't sexualizing myself yet, you know, but now you have 12 and 13 year olds who look like they're in their like mid twenties, basically. Like that's the point it's gone into and who are, you know, um, dancing very graphically, da- dancing in sexually suggestive ways. And I'm not being a prude. I'm just saying that 12 and 13, when you're dancing in that way, there's something wrong with the culture. They don't even know what they, they don't even doing. know what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Because yeah. they've been programmed and like they're, it's, it's like, once again, they're objectifying themselves. They're running these programs through the media manipulation. Yeah. And that ties into the whole, I have to say the leftist Marxist agenda or like the, the destruction of the nuclear family. The sexualization of children, right? Which we see, uh, you know, there have been, I remember articles in Teen Vogue, which, it, you know, their audience is like early teenagers. Yeah. Normalizing, teaching them how to have anal sex, normalizing prostitution. Not even early. Teen Teen Vogue tends to actually um, be read by like 11 to 13. Yeah, that's, so That's disturbing, you know, yeah. and I'm not like against anal sex, whatever, to each their own, but... Can we just first teach children about healthy relationships and and sexual energy in general yeah. and combining sex with love and, mm. and you know what is it, you know the true power of sexuality because you said it's not about demonizing sex in the other way and go the religious shaming mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. but you know there's no, there's a, a abuse of sexual energy as Gurdjieff would say the normalization of sexual pathology yeah. which we see even in the mainstream with normalizing quote unquote violence like uh, uh, what's it f- film that got popular, the book, 50 Shades of Grey, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that, that's the big red flag. But, you know, as I mentioned before, like, yeah, all of this out in the external world, the, the horrors of the child abuse, sex trafficking crimes against children needs to be exposed, needs to bring to the light, but also we need to heal ourselves. We need to put the mirror on ourselves. So for example, how do you, uh, you know, feed into that energy? Do you sexualize yourself? on uh, social media. Where did you, know, you learn that? Where did you where learn do you what get you get unconsciously in, in social settings? As I'm talking about men and women alike, the way you dress, you know, in all of that, how do you justify it? Or in the neo-tantric movement, where a lot of people use so-called tantric practices to cover up their sexual addictions or pathologies or spiritualize their sexual addiction. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not going the other say extreme to demonize sex because sexual suppression is also the modus operandi of the matrix or over-sexualization. And Mm -hmm. Wilhelm Reich has talked about that a lot as well. But it's about the proper use of what is sexual energy, creative energy, right? And all of that and how we can easily, you know, 
feed that agenda ourselves or watching porn for example you know where do you think oh, yeah. most of these especially internet porn where these you know that ties also into trafficking i mean Pornhub oh, got recently exposed uh, for having videos of 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 child porn of children that are uh, uh, victims of child trafficking yeah exactly exactly i knew someone who um actually like i'm not going to go into detail but i know someone who is involved in that industry and Uh, I met some women who were on, basically became, went on to become famous porn stars. I knew them when they were like 18 and I watched their personality like change before my eyes. They became this archetype of this like sex kitten, this like porn star. And I'm sorry, like there's to me, unless there's not, there's not a lot of ethical porn out there. A lot of these women are very out of body, very traumatized, very addicted to drugs. I know that's a stereotype, but I actually saw this for myself in that industry. And, um, you know, and then even when we're watching porn, you know, like we're tying into that energetic frequency. Not only that, it's very disturbing. Like if you hang around some porn stars in Hollywood for a bit, you would be like, Jesus, like now I'm getting off on their trauma if you're watching porn, you know? And to each their own, but I'm just telling you that there's like some serious darkness there. And, and a lot of the times, um, you know, supporting these industries, we're actually supporting the, we're actually supporting traumatizing these people because we're, we're objectifying them in the same way that their abusers did basically. And I know that's hard for people to hear, especially with porn addiction, but it's the truth. Like, you know, I can't, there's no way that I could watch porn after what I saw you know, when I was, when I was around these kinds of people and, and just seeing even now later in a greater context, how traumatized they were and how they just sold, basically sold themselves for a lot of money. Yeah. And also like, again, we're not shaming anyone. I'm not taking myself out of the equation. I watched porn, like nobody taught me anything about sexuality and whatnot back when I had impurity and then with my friends with VHS tapes going around and whatnot. So that's like, unfortunately nowadays is even easier access. Like literally kids in their very early teens, you can go to the internet and you know, yeah. just, that's how people, you know, you, the kids are being even taught how to relate in real life to the other sex. Yeah. Right. So that's very damaging. And I'm not again going like we need to censorship all of it. It's, it's, it's very, complicated and and many different aspects come in but what i'm saying it all has become so normalized and there's an agenda behind it also ties into destruction of the family because what you alluded to the the family unit is so important because as you spoke about as well these predators of in mechanica naturally target the weakest link the victim right who already traumatized and also john paul rice talked about it that you know these millions of children that are being trafficked are literally taken from families that are completely disrupted, so to speak. So they have no voice anymore, and they gladly, you know, even in Aneka Lucas' case, is as disturbing as it sounds, but it's the truth. Parents sell their children to these to these pedophile rings. That's yeah. the level of evil we are engaging, and it's all based on their own trauma, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes a lot of from third world countries where the you know. It's all about money and whatnot. Yeah. And they target children that already don't have a voice. So if they would well, speak out healthy, about it. They, yeah, they don't have a healthy parent that's paying attention to what's going on with them. That's, that's what I'm saying. Issue. But also if they would get out of it, nobody would take them serious or listen to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're just rem- trying to get the outcasts, the runaways and all of that. Yeah, because yeah. imagine if someone were like... 
they don't, first of all, they don't, they know not to go for kids who have a healthy attachment figure because the second that they do, they would go tell their mom and exactly. dad and then they would get reported and all shit would go down. So they know exactly who mm-hmm. to go to. They know even just on a subconscious level, they know the signs of a kid who doesn't have a healthy parent or attachment figure there who's paying attention to them. Because any parent, any, any sane, healthy parent who's paying attention, they would know that someone was preying on the children. They would go to the police right away, right? But they know exactly who to go to. They know exactly the signs. And I know, cause that's what happened to me, you know? And, and, and even growing up, like I blamed myself, but from like, you know, there was a huge, I mean, I, again, astrologically, there's a, there's a, there's a reason why this happened, but I had no like solid emotional support figure in my life. I had people who loved me and saw me from who I truly were. I had grandparents, you know, um, but they weren't there. They weren't watching me. They weren't around me. For the most part, I was just kind of on my own doing my own thing or whatever. I had, you know, it was, it was neglect basically to some extent. So, and so they knew that to target me because I was like very all over the place. I didn't, there obviously there was no one paying attention to what I was doing. You know, they knew exactly. And what they're doing too, and what they started doing to me, by the way, um, is they're getting to kids online. This mm-hmm. is the main thing. So on Instagram, on TikTok, on whatever the social media platforms is on Snapchat. For me, myself, it was like IRC. I'm going to show my age by mentioning that because this is like an old chat platform, right? So I started using the internet at around like 11, I think. Yeah, 11. And, um, and I used to go on these chat platforms and I would like pretend cause I, th- I wanted to be cool. So I'd be like, I'm 13 and people would still prey on me on there. They would act, they would send me sexually suggestive messages. And this was like way back in like, how old was I back then? I don't know. It was like the late nineties, I think. Um, so this was way back then. So imagine how bad it is now, because now we have video, you can take a photo of yourself, all these things. So imagine these kids who aren't loved, who aren't getting paid attention to, who now have access to all of this technology, you know, who can take a video of themselves, who can accept a video. It's really, it's like, you got to really like, it's like Gabber Mattis said, you got to hold on to your kids, but you also got to be aware of this media, social media that they're using because the predators are hundred percent using Instagram and all these social media platforms to find your kids. Cause they, that's what they did to me. You know, that's how they found me. I had famous people who, uh, who I wrote about recently on Facebook when I was 11 years old, I made a website for my favorite VJ. He started calling me on the phone. He started sending me gifts, you know, that's weird looking back. I didn't realize that until I actually hit his age. And I was like, why would I like sending an 11 year old gifts, calling them on the phone, talking about Backstreet Boys, you know, but those are actually, I feel that he was actually grooming me, you know? So that's, that's kind of what happens. And so we just gotta, we, we really gotta pay And I'm not saying to police your kids on social media, you know, but you gotta be aware that this is where they get to them and you have to have a healthy enough relationship with them that you can talk to them about things because this is really, I feel this is how a lot of kids are getting targeted these days. Yeah. And also like, not to go deeper, but because I know obviously know your story and uh, talking about famous people, there have been a couple others, very famous celebrity actor and musician whose names we definitely don't want to mention here right now. But it was so fascinating in your story and throughout the years that you've definitely been targeted mm. and almost like, um, you know, could be, you could see it multidimensional of what you just shared from past lives and whatnot and soul contracts. Um, but it felt like with you, like, 
you know, in your traumatized state, they were like from a hyperdimensional perspective, your occult perspective, trying to feed off of your own creativity, your own light. That's what they do. Yeah. That's what we have to understand how true evil is. They cannot, they lack creativity. They're in the complete dark side of of the creative principle. They blackness. can't access light themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So they need, so they target even uh, very gifted children, very children have light, a lot of creative energy, which is sexual energy, is essential creative energy, yeah. right? To shut you down, to divert you. And mm. also they know your soul trajectory. So they were also trying to interfere with your soul mission, mm. with everything. And it was interesting in your case because your life could have gone easily end up uh, like, you know, for the, other, the fate of, of, of other children or, or uh, women out there. Mm. But there was something in, you know, within your, like uh, what I would call the spiritual immune system or some divine protection along that always kind of interfered you just at the right moment. Yeah. Or because, because you also, what, what I admire in you, like you didn't, a couple of famous people, like, you know, quantity, you even again, you know, well-known actors who like every other woman or, or, girl would like, oh yes, I'll go with you because of the fame projection. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I can't believe you contacted me. Mm. But part of you right away, like, hold on, that doesn't feel right. So you didn't take the bait. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, at a certain point, there's a couple of things that happened that, that, that protected me in the spiritual immune system you're talking about. Number one, I experienced a very traumatic experience where I was basically like sacrificed to a guy by someone who I trusted, you know, when I was around, I think it was like 18 or 19. And then I had a nervous breakdown. And even though you might not think that's a spiritual immune system, that actually is a spiritual immune system because my psyche broke from one of the experiences. Then I did end up actually end up spiraling because I went to, um, I immediately got put into, uh, to see a psychiatrist. He put me on an insane amount of drugs. I've talked about this before. The psychiatrist also worked at the same hospital that they did the MK ultra exper experiments at. So there's extremely dark energy at this institution And so what happened is I got, became very sexually traumatized. I was handed off to a psychiatrist. I was put on a crazy amount of drugs just to numb the pain. Didn't even suggest therapy, you know, which is really fucked up. And then it ended up spiraling even deeper. So you see this like, Tom Montag has an article about this, how they try and disrupt the timeline, you know, and then you get back on track and then try and disrupt it again. Mm -hmm. That happened to me a few times. And then at one point, I mean, there was a very, very few instances of like really divine intervention And then at a certain point, the, you know, that spiritual immune system started to kick in. But with that individual that you're mentioning, you know, there was a certain point where I talked to this individual on the phone. He's very famous. Like, I mean, like he's been nominated for like Academy Awards type level actor, very famous, like A-list. And he talked to him on the phone and I just knew, like, I felt this sinking feeling. And I was like, this is an extremely dark energy. If I go if I go meet this person, I'm going to get extremely traumatized. And I just knew it. You know, I didn't even, even actually know how traumatized I was back then, but I just knew it. And it was this like, he just, I, I, it's psychopathic level energy. And this is what these people are dealing with, you know, is that these celebrities or sociopaths, psychopaths, this is what these forces work through. Right. And, and if you're, and if you're, if you start even to become a little bit more sensitive and especially, You know, for me, it was also getting off the psychiatric drugs that started to wake me up and because my sensitivities turned back on. When I was on the psychiatric drugs, I was just a vessel to be used and abused, basically. That's the main issue with these drugs, especially the stuff that I was on, which is uh, benzodiazepines, which just shuts off your nervous system. And your nervous system is so essential for detecting danger, for detecting things in your environment. Uh, it is so important, you know. Um, but basically... 
you need to actually have these abilities turned back on to even realize who, who these people are, what they're doing, you know? So that's why a lot of these actresses and actors that go insane, they're found to be on all these psychiatric drugs because they're shutting down their soul basically. And that's what they want to get you to. But yeah, for a lot of people, you know, who have a lot of creative potential, who have a deeper soul mission, as I said before, that's who they're targeting. You know, they always like, they target the people with actually the most amount of light. Yeah. And you have to understand that, you know, especially Hollywood, celebrity culture, a lot of A-list actors are engaged in that, in the satanic cult. Not, you know, also this, all of that is coming up out more and more. We're not implying, like also John Paul Rice said, not everybody in Hollywood, but it's known. Like again, a I'm, lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. It's true. I mean, there's underlying, what about the children, right? Yeah. And you have to understand what they also hide behind is like the, the celebrity cult. So many people put celebrities on a pedestal as if they are the holy or know it all and project qualities they don't have. Mm. They can be like this person you mentioned, like, you know, <clears throat> um, master deceivers, right? Yeah. Like pure psychopaths. They can appear as compassionate, confident you know, eloquent, charismatic and all of that, but you have no idea what's lurking in the shadows. Yeah. You project an image onto them. That's why it's so hard to expose this cult. You know, a lot of people, it's, it's hard for them to put their minds around that. Even Tom Hanks may be a pedophile, the ultimate good American, <laughs> you know, archetype, so to speak, right? But if you do the research and like the the, the connections is with disturbing Instagram pictures and whatnot, was all leading to, there's a, a fascinating uh, documentary. I highly recommend to check it out. It's called Pedogate uh, 2020. It's two parts. It always gets kind of, uh, I think, uh, censored on YouTube. So you got to check out BitChute. Um, but, you know, that's that's where they hide behind their own public image, right? Yeah. And then people defending that. I remember this one musician, you like years ago, you actually mentioned him and right away all his fans came out and defended because mm. of what they are positive projections onto him and this band. Yeah. And then you're being ridiculed and shamed. Yeah, that was that, that was the, the next layer of trauma. That's why I think it's also important that we speak out against this because I've shared stories about these people, especially around, I mean, before the Me Too movement, I shared a story about a very famous musician on like Tumblr. I got just attacked. I deleted it again when the Me Too movement. I thought it was going to be cathartic for me to share. It kind of was. I've shared about it without naming names. I think that's more of a value to me because the point is, is like, I actually don't want to be connected to these people. Like the people who know me, who have known me for years, know, know who these people are, you know, but I have no desire I, and this is how you know you've healed is I have no desire for revenge or anything like that. You know, on a deeper, deeper level, I do know that there's karmic consequences for abusing people like this. And if they don't deal with that in this lifetime, next lifetime, it's not going to be a great experience for them. And I've seen that play out for some of them, actually. So I have, I have faith in, I have faith in, you know, universal natural, law, universal <laughs> law. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and who knows, like, you know, like who knows, like, and, and I hate to say it, but like, you know, there was some dark shit that I got into exploring the occult, even in previous lifetimes, which you see written all over my astrology chart, you know? So there's, there's, there, there was a desire even in my soul to know darkness, even in the point that it became unconscious and the darkness became externalized. Mm -hmm. So that's a deeper lesson. And that's when you really start to master this Pluto mm -hmm. lesson is when you understand 
that the seed of evil that you see out there also exists within you. And if you don't understand that within you, it will take over you. It will control you. It's like, that's the meaning of true shadow work is understanding everything evil you see in the outside world has a seed of potential, at least within you. And without understanding that, it actually can control you. And that's why that's why a lot of the work that we do is actually true shadow work, is true understanding that part of yourself so that it doesn't own you. Yeah, the trauma healing, all, all shadow needs to be healed and integrated and healed uh, and and all that with sincere self-work because you're right because you don't want to fall into the trap of revenge which took over the me too, me too movement yeah. the, the externalization of victim blame it's not about it's very tricky it's not black and white you don't want to say oh it's just your karma but there's you know see this from this bigger picture perspective when you bring in past life soul lessons you know in all of that and uh you know the evolution of consciousness and that all is one the divine experiencing itself subjectively from the light to the darkest dark evil so to speak yeah uh, but what i see right now happening it's you know all of this is being more exposed it's important to bring it out into the into the into the light out of the shadows which by the way i highly recommend that film out of the shadows as well if you haven't seen it yet uh, but the danger I see right now, if people are not have not a certain level of sincere self work, self awareness, taking self responsibility, but only externalize, then you know, with all of this stuff coming out with the children, there's anger coming up naturally, as is for me, you know. So there's righteous anger that can be used as initiatory for action to you know to make your boundaries clear. But most often, if it's not met with self-awareness and conscious action, it can be easily infused with hate. Mm -hmm. And now with all the pedophiles, all these people being exposed, whatever names, Epstein, Maxwell, and it goes deeper down, you know, all the people that have been on the flight list to the, on this Lita plane and whatnot, you know, celebrities, if you not project hate onto them and just, oh, I want to get them, take them down, you become what you fight against. And that's what the matrix feeds off of. Yeah. So I'm not implying to go the opposite end just to like love and light or they're all forgiven in all of this. No, there needs to be people held accountable, right? It needs mm. to be, the anti-divine forces need to be confronted and that's in light of the warrior archetype. But we need to also you know, not keep this predator victim cycle feeding on itself over and over again. Yeah. Right. And I don't say I'm not have don't have a simple solution for it, but the quote unquote solution is also to really heal our own stuff within. Yeah, exactly. That's the first step, you know, before and before you go out like trying to expose people and, and this term hold them accountable, you know, is a social justice warrior term where people feel like it's up to your individual will to play out karma. And yes, it is up to us to make boundaries. It is up to us to protect the children. Totally, that's our responsibility, you know. But you're not going to be the person who's going to, like, it's not your job and nor do you want to take it on to be the person who gives karmic retribution to the person who abused you. You know, I, I heard, I, I read this, I read this story um, the other day of this woman. It was actually posted on like a group on Facebook where she shared about how she basically, you know, showed up on her, the doorstep of the man who abused her as a child and shot him and went to jail for like 15 years, you mm. know, which is part of me is like very inspired by the same time that like, you know, there's that, that probably didn't help her. It was probably a big soul lesson for her to go to prison, you know, but this revenge aspect, you know, it can be avoided and, and it can be avoided through our own inner healing and just also 
when we do that, we actually see that there was a deeper soul lesson, why it had to happen, you know? Um, And then we can even express gratitude for learning that lesson because what, especially during these times of darkness, we need to be like masterful shadow slayers within and without. We're going to see some shit get exposed, especially in the next few months. I feel like we're just watching a crazy movie right now and we're going to have to be psychologically prepared for it or we're going to have to know how to, you know, make boundaries around what comes out because it's, it, I, I really feel that this is, we're going to, it's going to get even darker basically. Yeah. So as we finish the first hour, um, I also want you guys to remind you like, yeah, Laura and I, we're going to start our private online course uh, in October. It's a two month program. It's called Embodied Soul Awakening. And we're going to go deeper into the work we just shared about as well, the inner work, especially the fundamental of, of, of self-work on the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual level, really this holistic integrative work over a course of two months. But what's unique really about this program and what, what Law and I bring in, it's really the inner and outer work. So we put in the context of exactly what we actually talked about, the what's happening in the world, the exposure, the matrix, how these matrix forces work. Because it's very important in this day and age to really combine both. Because I see a lot of people just externalizing everything and waiting for somebody to arrest the cabal, but they don't take no self-responsibility for the inner work, yeah. right? for all the stuff that's coming up, our own shadows, so we don't project it externally. And the other extreme, a lot of people, they're so-called spiritual people, they're really focused on the inner work, but they have no idea how the outer matrix, the anti-divine forces, the occult forces work, and they feed into the, the cabal you know, Marxist agenda right now, the, the, the social justice warrior agenda, which is also infecting humanity. So we really need to work both, mm. you know, the inner and the outer. And with this program, we go together in an, an intimate group setting that uh, will give you the foundation for the years to come. And again, if you're interested, it goes only via application. Go to awakenapply.com. Just awakenapply.com. You can fill out the application and We'll get back to you and then share more about the program. So in the second hour, what... um, Yeah, I just want, you know, just to wrap it up, I just want people to reflect. What's one difficult experience you've had in your life that you've learned an important lesson from? And what was that lesson? And then can you express gratitude to yourself for learning that lesson and maybe even be grateful for the experience because it brought you that lesson? So that's just something to think about if you uh, found some things come up for you in regards to this topic. Yeah, so in the second hour, we're going to go deeper into what we already touched upon right now. We're going to look a bit more into the topic of sex priestesses and how this ties into the Egypt goddess worship. Uh, We're looking into this ancient ancient cult uh, that has been reigning over humanity and sacrificing children uh, for eons really and it also ties a lot of it into the research uh, the q drops and where q has been uh, you know q's intel has been leading a lot of researchers into i've been recently i've referenced this book before and i made quoted from it revolution q by neon revolt he gets really deep into this ancient cult and uh, of child ritualistic abuse and child trafficking and all of that so we want to talk about that and also about mainstream media or entertainment music industry, which you touched upon, Disney, uh, Sex Kid and Programming, MK Ultra, and tie this again into the bigger picture of what's happening uh, in light of, of current events, as well as we already hinted it, because these are pretty intense times and it's obviously going to intensify leading up to the elections and whatnot. 
And again, if you're already a member, you have access to the second hour. If you're not a member yet, sign up at my website, veilofreality.com. It'll give you access to all the second hours of past episodes and future episodes, as well as to the membership forum. And again, I highly recommend checking out John Paul. What's What is his name again? I'm sorry. John Paul Rice's John Paul Rice, yeah. thank you. <laughs> interview with David Whitehead. And also check out my interview with David. Um, the last episode, episode 40, where we also, especially in the second hour, go deeper into child trafficking and uh, everything that has revealed itself over the past few weeks on a more quote-unquote mainstream level. See you guys on the, on the other side. <laughs>